This is Family Electric Ghost, and we're live with Buell. And we have talked to you before on our audio podcast, but now we're doing these live video podcasts because that's like the new rage to do today. And um, we're happy to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Well, you've got um, some new material, and you're into video as, as well because your latest music, both um, two different YouTube videos. And the one we're going to talk about first is for your unique cover of um, Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I think last time we talked, you said you were actually very much inspired by Nirvana. Yeah. So no and surprise. So, yeah. But it, it, but what the surprise is, I guess, is like, the, the, the you know, some people would think, well, if you're going to cover Nirvana, you're going to sound like Foo Fighters, you're going to sound like Pearl Jam, you're going to sound like Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And you actually did a different take on it, which is rather unique. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think we'll, we'll get into the video and then we'll kind of talk about it on the backside. So I'm going to put you on mute and then we'll, we'll queue up the video. For whatever reason, I'm in front of you asking for an apology. An apology that I know I can't accept. This place is cool. Whatever. We were best friends forever. Now you want to... Did you just solve it? What's that? It's a signal clue. to pretend she's overboard and self-assured oh no i know a dirty word hello 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 Lights out, it's just dangerous. See, we are now entertainers. I feel stupid and contagious. See, we are now entertainers. I'm a lot and I find I'm a ski, oh, I'm a libido. Said what I do best, and for this gift, I feel blessed. A little crew, a 
it's always been and always will until the end hello 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 how long hello 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 how long hello 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 how long hello hello with the lights out it's a stained See we are now entertainers of the stupid and contagious. See we are now entertainers. I'm a lighter and a bomber. I'm a skeeter or I'm a libido. Hey, and I forget. Just why I taste, oh yeah, I guess it makes me smile. I found it hard, it's hard to find, oh well, whatever, never mind. Hello, 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 how long, hello, 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 how long, hello. Hello, hello, how long, hello, hello, hello. With the lights out, it's a dangerous. See, we are now entertainers. I'm stupid and contagious. See, we are now entertainers. I'm alive and I find you. I'm a skeeto, my libido A denial, a denial, a denial, a denial The lights out, it's this dangerous Here we are now, entertainers Of the stupid and contagious we are now Now we're coming back. So hold a second. Here we are. So uh, I just wanted to ask you, like, um, in terms of their approach, um, what made you um, make the decisions artistically to go um, that way with the music? And then we'll talk about the video. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a, such a huge hit that making another cover that sounds just like the actual song didn't make much sense to me because I know that like there's amazing covers online, you know, you can um, find all types of bands, singers, um, trying to recreate the same song. So um, years later, then me thinking, I'm going to make a cover song. I felt the need to like find something more original than just to sing the song the way it is or try to sing the song. Cause I don't think I could sing it like Kirk did. So yeah. um, if I'm going to sing a song, it needs to fit my voice. And um, I think right after we had the interview with you, I think a couple of years ago, um, I was thinking, like I just had this idea of um, 
covering just a song. And Smells Like Teen Spirit was just an example in my head. What could I do with it? And I just started to think, well, maybe I could start with this line, singing it this way, and then the P chorus should be this way, the chorus should be this way. So I just recorded it. It was just a theory in my mind. Like, you, you know, it wasn't going to be an actual cover maybe, but it was just an idea of it. And a couple of years later, um, just like a few months ago, uh, people from my team were like, baby, you should make a cover song and put it out. You know, it's something that you've never done. I covered a few songs and I, you know, shared them on Facebook and Instagram, but I never actually had like an actual release with a cover song. So thinking about which song to pick, talking to my friends, nothing really quite fits. And I just remembered this recording from a couple of years ago. And I listened to it and I was like, well, actually, you know, this could work. Why not? You know, if people hate me for that, it's fine. Because I think I know what um, the message is. It's about um, experimenting. That's what how Nirvana started, experimenting different genres and being open-minded and getting, I felt like I understood the message clearly and I felt like what I'm doing didn't really clash with their message. Actually, it was just like supporting the message. Um, so I thought that it would be a good idea to um, have an unexpected approach on such yeah, a I, popular I, I, song. I think a, t a lot of times Nirvana is like misunderstood because a lot of people think they're like a punk band, like the Sex Pistols. If you're not punk, you can't yeah. get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was... mean, they're not really like that. I mean, they're, they're kind of like the Clash because the Clash actually evolved. Yeah. And Kurt loved the Beatles. And I was watching like a, a documentary and, uh, and one of his producers was saying, you know, you got to do all these overdubs. You got to, you know, double tracking on the vocals, you know, you know, Paul McCartney would do it like that. And, uh, you know, John Lennon would do it like that. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he was like, you know, he, he liked to introduce that level of song craft. And so Nirvana is like a lot more complex than just like the idea of grunge. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that's, um, you know, most musicians are that way. You know, you might have something that was raw on sub pop when they started um yeah but but you know even then i mean they what they were doing was a little bit more i think involved yeah i think oftentimes we feel a little bit possessed by what we see but it's not actually what the artist is trying to say it's what we see it's like yeah. we possess we possessing ourselves with what we see what we think we're seeing and Unfortunately, it's not exactly what is trying to be presented. And um, you have to kind of sometimes try to go that extra mile and try to see that music and being an artist or art is all about being open-minded. Yeah, I think, that, expression. I think that also goes to the video because, you know, the song itself you know, you didn't approach it from a grunge perspective, from like a punk aesthetic perspective. You kind of did a sci-fi thing and it doesn't, it's kind of like a Bowie-esque thing, you know, like like, like scary monster type of thing. Um, and, you know, it, I think that that is another different level because it's not obvious, you know, they're, they're, it's like typical old school videos, like I grew up with MTV generation, 
you'd have directors that would do videos that didn't actually follow the the, the song. They they kind of were a different interpretation. They 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 interpret it and do a very artistic vision that had you know it's not literally following every vocal image matching. Yeah. Um, and so I thought so. Who who helped you with the video? Was that your idea? Or you worked with a director? What was the whole approach? Um, it was just a fun process because um, it was all me coming up with the idea. But um, for the full story, um, I talked to my best friends, my sister, like everybody around me were just brainstorming, you know, in the middle of a conversation, like today this happened. And I'd be like, so how about this alien? What is so painful about this alien's life? Like what can be so disturbing like um oh it can't solve the rubik's cube like you know it was just a fun process um we were just having fun and coming up with the story and um once i came up with the story i had to find the right makeup artist and dp and the dp and the characters i actually built the characters kentaro character um based on his actual personality because he's such a quirky like interesting personality so um I just wanted to like create that character for him. Um, he's the person who's trying to take over the spaceship and tries to steal the Rubik's cube from us. Um, so it just, you know, was a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I directed it and I produced it, but with the help of many people, um, both thinking with me, brainstorming with me and helping it come alive. But of course we had a lot of, you know, difficulties due to COVID because um, none of us were actually really in the high risk uh, group, but uh, the makeup artist, um, I think dad was in the high risk group. So he, she was like kind of uh, not sure about being involved or not, but she was like really excited about it. So um, we just all got tested. But even when you get tested, it's not like 100% accurate yeah, and yeah, yeah, that day the same day you may get it from somewhere so it was like a kind of like a stressful process i'm not going to say it was like so much fun it was like really tiring i had to wake up at like 3 a.m to get that prosthetic makeup done and it was like really hot and i was like sweating my you know face was just so heavy it was like a lot of pain but in the end um i think it worked it worked like you know, i liked what i made do you, do you select your own outfits or you work with like a designer? Is that all you too? Well? I select my own outfits. If I could, uh, you know, I would definitely collaborate with someone if we could see eye to eye somehow. But um, usually I don't really need to because I'm like, when I'm imagining myself in a certain scene or a venue or doing a certain thing, I'm like uh, thinking of the clothes as a part of my body. Like, when I make this moment, it needs to look this way. So I don't know, it's mm -hmm. an instinctual thing, but yeah. Well, you have a very good sense of style. I mean, so so it's, some people like that, they don't, and they have to, they work with people. It's, it's interesting to know how much of it is, is you and a lot of it is, is you, <laughs> which is typical of the indie scene that we've, you know, yeah. we've been talking to, like a lot of people doing it yourself and having your own sense of style and dealing with your own stagecraft. Um, that's, that's, yeah. I think that's really cool to, to have more, more involvement because, you know, not that it's bad if somebody else has to have input because they don't really know how to present. You know, some people are just pure musicians 
And then they're like, they would just go out in a pair of jeans and, you know, not really yeah. try, try to look a certain way. But you, oh, you kind of, yeah, it's a style in itself, but there's it, it something about like what Bowie always talked about is, yeah. you know, yeah. creating the, the, the theater. High, part, part, yeah, yeah, part theater. part of music is just the idea of theater and kind of be like the other you that is a little bit more or, or is different than the normal, that the mirror looking glass you, you know, so it is like when you present yourself, you have this yeah. kind of stage persona that you can kind of separate from. Do you ever feel like that when you work that you create like the Buell stage? Always. You, yeah, that's different yeah, than course. like. It's not quite like a, um, you know, something that I think I should be, but it's more like how I will feel comfortable. Cause, um, you know, even with different people, you've got to have like different personas cause you can't speak in the same manner with everybody. Um, so yeah, there's, and depends on the day and the time of my life, whatever I'm going through, there are certain types of personalities that I feel more comfortable being in. Sometimes smiling makes me feel more comfortable and sometimes it doesn't. So clothing is the same way. Um, I don't think I would feel comfortable wearing the same clothes on the stage, maybe performing other songs or having that type of a hair or whatever. It all depends on, I don't know. I just have like having opinions about all aspects of the, um, I think, yeah. uh, projects. Yeah, that could be. I mean, that's the whole point. I think of being like a singer-songwriter, like do independent musician, is that you get to have control your own destiny, control your imagery, control how you're presented. Um, yeah. And then, and that, that, like, that's what a lot of artists today like that freedom that you can do that. So I guess another follow-up question in terms of actually putting the song together, the COVID aspects of um, was did you do it all like in in a in a professional in a studio kind of setting and have to still deal with that kind of COVID protocols or were you more like at home and then sent it in or to a yeah studio? you know the funny thing is um, yes we were at the, in the studio and we weren't getting tested every day but like weekly we knew that we were negative wakeful and i and um we ha had a couple of sessions and i don't remember after which session but like he called me up and said he's sick and i was like i'm sure you're just tired like i just didn't want to believe it and turns out he had covid actually um oh, wow. but i tested negative um so but so did yeah. that like slow it that down? So did that real. slow down? Were you like not done? I think we were the... pretty much done. I think I was about to like get the song maybe mixed or something because I don't remember waiting for a long period of time to finish the song. I think it was after we maybe the last session or something, recording the vocals or something. Oh, so you had laid um, out enough to, to produce it. Yeah. That, luckily, it didn't really get in our way. We didn't really have to wait for a long time. But it was just strange, like, wow. You know, yeah, I could because so... I work with other people. I could have gotten COVID to other people, and it would it would have been really horrible to like make people sick trying to do something yeah, I mean, beautiful I guess that's and the, having yeah, people I mean, sick. I guess that's the conflict, and like we're trying to still create art in the best we can, but we don't yeah. want to inflict damage if we don't need to. So it's kind of like a lot of artists are trying to walk the line, like how much interaction do I have to have to get this done? You know, yeah. you know, trying to figure out like, can I not, do I really have to involve 
X many people or can I kind of make it a smaller set of individuals and, and control it better? You know, it's just, you don't, you didn't have to think it like that before. You could just do whatever yeah. you needed to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's strange because all these difficulties are also um, kind of forcing you to be more creative. Um, Cause if you could have had like 20 people in the crew, now you can have like maximum five people and most of the venues don't want you to be more than four or five people. So it's like, you know, it, it was a, a lot of pressure on me because I was directing, I was in it and, you know, I was trying to control everything with such little crew. But in the end, um, I don't mind all the pain if, if I'm going to like the final product. And I'm really glad that I didn't get anybody sick. So, which is great. <laughs> I was almost getting sick, but like it didn't happen either. So, I just want to say we're really lucky. Um, yeah, and you kind of ha we kind of had to take some risks. Otherwise, music videos couldn't have been possible. Well, I think it's yeah. really interesting you talked about the limitations because I think a lot of people I've been talking to, a lot of musicians I've been interviewing, is like you know in this world today of the DAW and all these plugins and all these choices yeah, that you have, right? There are a lot of times it's kind of cool to actually put imposed restrictions on yourself. Sure. <laughs> I, I was actually watching a, a documentary of Peter Gabriel. He was talking about so, and he actually put restriction on his drummer say, don't do any cymbals. Don't do any hi-hats. I don't want any hi-hat. I don't want any cymbals. And he was mm -hmm. saying, that's the, that's the rule. And then the producer like was having a really hard time because he's like, I really want to put some hi-hat on this and he had to like <laughs> argue his point with Gabriel to say this song actually needs hi-hat and I can prove it and I can <laughs> no, show it you doesn't. yeah and he's like no yeah. I don't want it because this is what I want to do but it's like I think it's really interesting like when you do put limitations and parameters on yourself you can actually end up being you know going in different directions exactly you know, visually and you know, musically Definitely creatively a strange time for all of us because um, all the planned projects changed and like how you can do things and how you shouldn't. And also your stream of thoughts changed, like what you're feeding your brain with it's all this anxiety and like hearing people going crazy. So it's such a weird time, but um, we're trying to do the best out of it. So That's is this a standalone like single cut? I know you're working on your debut EP. Mm -hmm. So is this part of that or is this a separate project? Um, yeah, I think I'm not gonna really um, add Smells Like Teen Spirit to my album, um, to the EP. Um, this was just something that I felt like the time for it has come and um, it happens, but EP will include seven songs um, called, actually one of them, the next uh, two songs I, I will be releasing, one of them is called Persona. I'm touching base with on the subject that we just talked about. Um, and the other one's called Small Talk. So Small Talk and Persona are gonna be the next two songs and then working on the music video. Wow. So is there going to be a video? Is there a video for every song on the EP or select songs? Not necessarily. I don't think it's a must, but you know, if it's possible and um, if I have ideas and if I can, if it's not going to get in the way of my musical creativity time and money wise, 
um, why not? But it also is not a must. And I had some ideas for small talk already. So um, it's going to have a music video, but not sure if the rest will do have. Well, yeah, I think this is such a visual age that in order, I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast this way <laughs> versus the audio yeah, exactly. version. Yeah. I mean, we, st we still convert this to audio because people still listen to this. And so it yeah. still goes the old way. But we found that doing it like this and the, the fact that we can share like your video and so many artists yeah. have videos that that actually gives a better representation. Like if we're talking to you and we actually show your video and then we kind of talk about it in the same show and then people actually get a better picture of, of you as an artist. Uh, yeah, and me as an artist, but at the same time, you know, uh, but right before I put out the video and the song, um, I listened to the song just with the artwork and I was like, wow, this is such a different vibe. And um, the video is full of like me trying to say something, the story and like all these expressions. Um, so sometimes it's better to just hear the song and be able to go to wherever it takes you. So it's good to have both of the options. Sometimes my videos may be overwhelming um, <laughs> for some people. So, you know, it's just well, an option. Yeah. If you want to see the person who's like singing the song, what she looks like or what she, I don't know, likes to show you, um, then it's good to have that option. Yeah. Yeah, I think the audio podcast still has some aspects that I think sometimes I in the last three years I've done them, there's there's an ability because you're doing audio that yeah. people sometimes reveal things they wouldn't do on a video. Because they because oh, they, not they, having they, your face. Yeah. Yeah, not having your face and not thinking yeah. about that. There's sometimes they might be more willing to engage in my in, <laughs> well more depth of, of of like they might go into a place that maybe they didn't expect because they feel start to get more it's like a telephone conversation with your best friend and you might start to open up and typically when i get into like an hour session like 45 minutes into it, it starts to get comfortable and people like reveal more about like their true self as much as maybe they do, I, I feel it sometimes. Maybe, <laughs> like we had the audio audio only uh, interview with you, and I feel more comfortable right now because it's really important for me to like see the person's facial expressions. Like, is he listening? Is he work? Like, so it's good to like have that yeah. visual thing for me. Yeah, but the yeah, yeah, I feedback. understand how some people may feel more comfortable just like ignoring what you have to say and just like exposing what they want to say that's also another mode yeah i, yeah, I personally feel more comfortable this way well that's cool it's different like some people are more comfortable on camera than others so it, it, it ends up with a different vibe for every artist is different so you never know <laughs> what's gonna yeah. happen um so you had this other song lemon smile in 2020 and yeah. it was you got on a bbc one it was like the best new pop it was on a bunch of major stations um i'm not sure if i can show that because sometimes um we get hit with st copyright strikes <laughs> oh yeah i mean but but maybe we can kind of talk about like that 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 project as well sure um you have any specific questions or you just want me to go with it <laughs> maybe go with like like what how that that video came about and like the production on it and 
Mm-hmm. You're, 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 is that another one that was totally like your your concept and your ideas, or did you work with anyone else on on your team? It was shot in October. But sorry, it was released in October. I think yeah, we were in court with time still. Yeah, but it wasn't a big problem because it was just only oh no, actually we had other scenes. There were seven, six, seven people. Um, sorry, it's been a while. So I'm just trying to like retrieve the memory. Um, for that one, okay, how it happened is um, I was planning to release another song, and uh, we just heard that some company that we really wanted to work with with Aging Garbets loved the song and thought that it would be a great radio family song. So we thought that it would be a good idea to release the song. We had a talk conversation. Okay, let's put out the song in October. And I was like, should I make a music video? I was thinking. And I just came home with the same outfit and I had the mirror in the middle of the living room. <laughs> and, you know, I just had this like, moment with myself I put the headphones on and just started you know move in front of the mirror and just try to feel the song and I just said you know what it's really cool I'm just gonna wear the same exact thing I'm actually gonna carry this mirror to the music video too I'm just gonna have this like scene as the music video and gonna find a way to express the lemon smile and the straight mouth situation by metaphorizing it using masks and um ask people if they would be interested in being a part of it. So it all started with that, like me thinking in the living room right after us talking about releasing the song. It wasn't really like a long thought process. Then I um, called up a couple of people. I'm like, do you think I'm crazy that I'm planning to do this music video with like a couple of people, including you? And people are pretty positive and really bored and really like scared that they can never like be in a, with a group of people in one place. So they're like, if people are tested, yeah. Um, so, and I couldn't offer like a full mask, but they were all wearing some sort of a mask and DP was wearing a mask the whole time. I was already wearing a huge mask. So mm-hmm. um, kind of like to some extent it was, we did our best. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I found so the, the location. Le- so the lemon smile idea, is that your own like creation or have you like heard that term somewhere in your like travels and you decided to use <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. It's funny because um, when I was in high school, we had this like literature uh, instructor who would come up with that weird, interesting phrases. Um, and one time we were analyzing um, Dostoevsky's, um, what was that? Uh, Pain and um, Punishment or something. I can remember the name of the book, but uh, Raskolnikov's situation or whatever uh, and she came up with this phrase he was looking at him as a sour smile or something and I was like oh. so hit deeply hit by <laughs> like sour smile what is it and then I came to LA and um started work on these like daytime jobs and people are like you should smile more often you should smile you look sad you don't you look like you're not happy here and I was like exactly that's not a lie <laughs> and <laughs> After being forced to like smile so much, I felt kind of guilty that I wasn't smiling. So I tried to like rationalize my behavior, I think by saying, well, at least I'm like not lying to your face. I'm showing you that I'm not happy working here. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not like lying to people's faces, you know, 
with a lot of other events going on yeah. with like talking to people about my music them not telling me what they actually think about it and dealing with this whole thing i'm like you know what actually this is like so logical like i'm gonna come up with this like le lemon smile not sour but like lemon smile is a lemon that's, that's cool it's cool that you yeah. kind of took it from some usually i like to get into where people come up with unique like ideas in music yeah, they like the you know, usually it comes from the story behind it. You know, it's kind of like yeah. behind the music. You're trying to figure. Out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why is why is that the word used or, you know, the term? And it's it's always a good story. Like that's that's like the whole basis of what I like to talk to songwriters about. Is like, okay, where how are you? Where is it coming from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What what's yeah. the feeling? What's the inspiration? You know, was it like really like something that really hit you? And then you kind of, so when you're writing the song, was is this a song that kind of came all at once or was something that took over time? Or is it something you've been working on or just happened kind of out of the blue? Maybe we can talk about that. Well, literally um, one of those days that I was like so full of supportive um, reasons that I should not do that lemon smile thing. Like, you know, after I supported my theory, okay, we should be 100% honest. We shouldn't try to like just make people feel all right and lie. Um, one of those days, I just came home, sat down, and wrote majority of the song. Just didn't have the second part of the verse. But um, you have a good taste that fits me today. <laughs> um, it just started with this like, you know, imaginary. I just started to imagine like somebody talking to me or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just became a thing. And um, I started, to, the first thing I did was actually, I jumped outside the next day on Santa Monica Boulevard. And I just like busked. I just played the song to the street to see what people would say or whatever. I was like, tell me what you hate. And like, I don't know, I just liked how people were like, well, it's cool to be able to, to get that kind of feedback. Exactly, know? yeah. Once I saw that, like, people on the street were like, crazy girl, actually, this is interesting. Wait, um, they came closer and, like, listened to my other songs. So I was like, okay, this is, this is fine. I feel comfortable seeing this. Um, so I started to make the song a part of my live shows, and people were like, what's that song? And people started to have, like, these deep conversations with me after the show which I love, so, like, I love that. Like, they're like, right, maybe it's right. Like, maybe it should be that way. Like, you, we started to, like, talk, have conversations about it with the audience. It's, it's, it's cool it to have so much like, fun. a kind of, you know, a kind of connection with your audience. If they're, you know, when you're a singer-songwriter and you write a lyric in the, in the audience, you can see them, like, exactly. they get it. That, that I think that's such a affirmation. Yeah. Like, a lot of us, like, not that we're trying to be whatever, but the affirmation that people get our work, whether or not, yeah. you know, that, that even if it's that this audience, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like if I go to New York and I play somewhere and I get people like, and they really get into it, then I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's like, that's all I need. That, that, exactly. That, that makes me yeah. very satisfied. <laughs> not not even like the, that they understood me, just the fact that it created some sort of a simulation in their brain. They like didn't just pass. They didn't just yeah. pass by the song. They wanted to say a word or two, maybe not agreeing with me, but say something, which is really important because art, music, the songs that we're hearing are all about reach, 
directing directing our moment today the thought process we just want to we're bored we want to change the mood or something yeah. so um it's good to have that power in that song some I think, song yeah i think it's really good to be able to engage i mean especially even exactly. this COVID age um to be able to engage like your audience in some way you know i've been doing live streaming and uh you know doing the podcast to try to even though i'm in my little bubble those i mean my pod and it's like okay i can't go to new york i can't go to boston i can't do what i normally do and they're like i actually just in the middle of this whole COVID thing i had a booking agent that could get me to like berlin could get me to like like london and then then boom this happened i can't go so then like i just doubled down on the podcast and trying yeah. to like do the connection because at least this way i still get to talk to people like yeah. and, and talk to musicians which is like if you're another musician it's like oh, that's fine. like mm -hmm. it's, it's perfect because yeah i think every time i talk to somebody in a different genre it mm -hmm. just helps build like ideas it's like okay i i could actually think about maybe incorporating that or thinking about that and i keep on listening to all all these different artists like i listened to you i was listening to somebody from like iceland yesterday i interviewed posimus and she's icelandic kind of bjork like um mm -hmm. and it, it, it was very experimental which i'm really into <laughs> but um it's just you know and then sometimes i would talk to somebody in nashville you know or talk to like a blues guy and it's like mm -hmm. it's just so it's cool to just talk to so many different artists because you just you know Eating. it's a world view yeah the world view and it's a community exactly you know, yeah it's like that's amazing that you have a chance to um speak to so many people in different mindsets and um i don't know how you go to bed though like in the end of the day you're like wow you get keyed up <laughs> it's yeah. like that when you do a show and you gotta come down from the show and you go to the go to the pancake house because you gotta you can't go home because you go to the diner like around here like i'm in the northeast so you finish the show you end up going to like the all-night diner and hanging out with your roadies and everybody and it's just like you tell you you finally just get so tired and you crash <laughs> but uh, it's kind of like that you're just, yeah you're just using us artists to have um a very nice sleep because you're so tired at the end of the day <laughs> yeah i can't listen to anything anymore thank you it's time to sleep great yeah. i'm glad um, i'm a part of this yeah is this i think it's just interesting to be able to see how artists are still pushing through this crisis and they're still creating work you know I well, think it was always pushing because i think i don't know a lot of people who come from i love my life so much that i want to make a change <laughs> like it all comes from wanting to make a change not like in your current situation so it's no different like for people who love to create it's just a bigger a stronger reason to do it actually now i really hate it i hate that i can't talk to anybody i hate that i have to wear masks all the time i hate that people are dying every day so it's like just more reasons to change something um if not the world maybe somebody's mood or thought process yeah i think that's the best thing about music is like it can be very healing you know music like if you you have an idea it's personal to you but how how your fans interpret it everybody kind of feels their own 
like like interpretation of what you've done and it speaks to their heart in a way and yeah. so even your original intention music i think is a very healing has a lot of healing power um and it has a lot of like uh it just affects people emotionally and it's a good yeah. way to like take the thing that's inside of you that might be like causing you stress or causing you pain and then yeah. you create something beautiful or something important or even if it's ugly or dark it still has value because like they you captured that emotion at that exactly moment. and sometimes you really have to trigger the um not that nice feeling to heal so sometimes using those songs that are not that happy all butterflies and stuff actually helps you heal faster because you have that like ultimate like sadness that you're like i don't know where else can i can go from there so that yeah. song helps you go there and then you come back to your real life and say well actually it's not that bad my life is not that bad so it's like yeah it's, it's kind of like amazing. when i listen when i listen to karen carpenter i hear that melancholy even though there's like all that sometimes there's a happy kind of facade but mm -hmm. then it seems like it's just she embodied like melancholy just in the way she like engaged her voice the delivery yeah the yeah. delivery is full of melancholy even though the song lyrics don't say that it just feels that way and and that in itself is kind of like the kind of there's a little bit of darkness in it um and sadness in it and and i get drawn into like kind of dark music in some cases you know like, i like like the alexander cortini nine the channel tent Frank resner like use of noise use of like really grating power you know to kind of hit you with this that kind of feeling that okay it's gonna knock you off your, your ass and make you yeah. feel something because like you're trying to like engage is that i feel that that's the punk aesthetic has always been something i love because of the engagement of, of a pure kind of honesty exactly and i don't know um I feel like happy songs are very escapist um, and very necessary, but somehow pain, the songs that promote pain sound more real because life is pain, you know? Yeah. Um, you Which watch the documentary <laughs> and see it like right away. It's like, you have to eat that animal to survive. You have to do that. Okay. So it's like pain. We live in pain anyway. So, it's not foreign. When somebody speaks about pain, you can 100% relate to it. But I think happy songs are really important too because sometimes you really can't take it and gotta like find a way to escape and try to make things feel all right. So um, I really appreciate, I don't yeah. know, artists think, who are capable I, of doing that. I think what I did, yeah. I, I, me, I don't know, sometimes I guess. Mm -hmm. I find it like 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 funk music. I'm a big fan of like James Brown and like Prince, and it's like sometimes that kind of funk exercise that makes you happy. Like you hear Paul Man Funkadelic or Sly and Family Stone or James Brown, and it's like okay, it, it it's not sometimes it's not that deep, but the beat is very deep, and the feeling exactly, yeah. makes you happy because that's you hear funk. like a really good funk groove, and it was like wow, that's just really. You just, you just get up in your dance and it makes you happy because it made you get up and move <laughs> you know exactly yeah yeah movements 
definitely is important to like stray away from the extreme melancholy. <laughs> so whatever makes you move works. Yeah, it's just different different things for different strokes for different folks, you know, going that way. But um Yeah. So so the target date for your EP, when, when do you think you're going to have that ready? As soon as possible. I just have to um, finish a couple of things and um, it's ready. It's waiting. I listen to it every day. Oh, so you have, it's all tracked out. You just matter of getting it into the right position or timing issues. Yeah. There are a couple of things. Um, I finished the songs in 2020. Now I may change my mind about a few things. There are a couple of things like uh, the song shouldn't uh, slow shouldn't slow down here and type of small things. And um, may, so I didn't get that mastered yet because I knew it should be a last minute thing. Like I need to get that mastered when I'm like ready to release. So I've been waiting, but um, not much time or much to do is left before I, I will put it out. And I'm really excited about it because um, the body of work, it's a lot of thoughts and, you know, feelings. Um, that's, that's exciting. Makes me feel, yeah. To have, like, to have another body of work. Now, are you trying to maybe time it to when you can actually tour with it or, or do live shows or does that not even factor in now the way things are? Would you do, um, like how, yeah, a lot of times people don't put something out until they know they can actually get in front of people. Yeah, or, or, or book shows, or so I don't know how that's working with COVID now, because then you can't really know if you, you can get into venues in certain places. Yeah, no, I'm not really trying to time it that way, because um, when it first comes out, I may have another excuse, oh, people don't know the songs, or I don't know, you can always find a reason to make it work or not work. So I'm just looking at um, the more like the emotional side of things, like how do I feel about it? Is it ready? Okay. Do I want to say these things right now kind of things? Um, not really, like, haven't strategized this yet. And I feel like, you know, if things places don't open up right now and my album's out there, time is just actually working for me because more people are hearing it by the time I have my first show um, or less people. So it just all depends on... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So have you, like, because you do the videos, that gives you a presence like in, 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 you know, on the ether, on the net, but have you done like live performance on the net through like, like live streaming? Is that something that you're in, in entertaining or thinking of, or because you have the videos, you don't really need to do that. Or, or are you thinking about that approach? No, I don't think videos can ever, you know, compensate for that intimacy when the person, the artist, performing live in that moment. I think it's really important. Um, I haven't done it yet, actually. And um, we have a plan with um, somebody who interviewed me a few months ago. Uh, they wanted to have me as a live performance art. So um, artist, um, I think I'm gonna have one very soon. But when you say that I thought about like actually I'm it's kinda of, it's kinda of weird that I haven't had that. But um something for some reason didn't click yet. But I'll definitely have more um live stuff. So, could, yeah. I, could I have been watching some 
band my daughter's into. And mm -hmm. um, they uh, did this band tennis out of Denver. And they went and did like a live stream out of like a studio, a TV studio. And they actually, like I stayed, I guess the whole band stayed in a pod. And then they actually did a, like a live show on this sound stage and then streamed it and actually had tickets. And my daughter was like a big fan. She has their vinyl and everything. And and I and I watched it. It was pretty cool. And then actually another band, she liked Gorillas, which is bigger. People know who they are. I love they them did, too, yeah. Yeah, they did the same thing in London around Christmas time. They did it like in the BBC studio. And there was nobody there. It was just like mm -hmm. a, in a sound stage. And they did the it's band. It's amazing was, for people who listen. Yeah, definitely. Like having that still having the emotion and still being at home and feeling comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Is that somehow the way you would approach it to actually have like a full band in a, in a studio play or maybe like more unplugged or yeah. Cause different live stream approaches. Some people go like with an unplugged kind of thing with an acoustic guitar in their bedroom studio or like a home studio and other people try to go to these, um, like nobody's there at a venue and then there's a bunch of cameras. Mm -hmm. so I didn't know what your thoughts are in that kind um, of thing. My first live uh, performance online will be uh, me playing guitar by myself. But the next one um, will be a full band performance in a month or so. I think we just talked about it um, with Wakeful the other day. And yeah, we're planning to have like a um, probably a like a full set, um, real drums, bass, guitar, full full live performance. Yeah, that's cool. Because I mean, I think that that is like you said, like video can't replace that. It's only the thing is like when you're playing in that way Definitely. without like the audience interaction, then it's probably harder as a yeah. musician if you don't have a crowd. Like I would think, like if you're in that sound stage and you got the cameras and you do that show and maybe you got the crew there. But you maybe mm -hmm. got like five people giving you feedback versus like 300 or a thousand, yeah, yeah. thousand. And it's like, as an artist, it's like some artists really vibe off the crowd and kind of perform to the crowd. And if you yeah. don't have the crowd, does it fall flat or is it, how do you get into yeah. a mo mo mode? I think to maybe that was the reason why I wasn't so excited about it because the thing with live performances is um, it's just like just, being in that room with everybody and um, kind of right away changed my mood, how I think the performance totally is dependent on the audience. So, you know, I I just couldn't quite like fit in my brain. How is that like I'm going to play and people are going to say things, I'll feel distracted trying to read what they say. So I just kept postponing it. Yes. But I think nice. I will have, because I, I also don't like, you know, uh, paying attention to, like, what they say when uh, listening to performance, too. Like, people chat um, yeah, in the meantime not. while you're <laughs> listening to the music, and you're like, oh, you loved it? Great. But, like, what am I thinking right now? I want to focus. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, like, challenging. But for sure. Yeah, the way I live stream for my studio, up, up today. I've been, like, doing Twitch and, 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 you know, this channel and some other stuff. And I just have all these cameras in my home studio and I just don't, I don't look at the computer. I just totally just get <laughs> into it. Yeah, I yeah. just do the performance and try to kind of get in a zone. 
and then like think more like like I'm really getting into what I'm playing and that drives it without having to if it, not again distracted by the computers I say to keep that away so I mm -hmm. don't get affected by it and just try to get in a zone where I kind of tranced it out because I'm like oh I'm so into what I'm playing that I don't care <laughs> yeah yeah that's another yeah that's the best way I actually think yeah yeah, because like the the net distractions is like <laughs> exactly fully being <laughs> yourself. The only thing I think would be cool is if you're in your earpiece, you, if people are hitting likes, that they would come in as like clapping. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So then if they like bad. somehow come in through your monitor, you hear yeah. a oh this big like a studio kind of sitcom. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of people clapping and and like whistling or whatever, and if people could actually do that on the net. Like if we get in a situation where we have to do this, it's like if people could hear the whistling and the, the kind of yelling and saying, yeah, and it's like if you hear, if people could do that, then maybe you'd have a little bit more feeling that actually the audience is engaged. Actually, that's a great idea. Like if it could be mixed, like in, a, in the right level, not dominating yeah. the- uh, Yeah, just low enough for you to get it. So you don't, it doesn't distract you, but- Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe people should use their, uh voices instead of typing what they want to say i like yeah. that yeah if you could capture i mean the technology exists to capture voice and translate it to some of a type i'm an it guy but i i know you could do it so anybody listening to this go and do it <laughs> go do it guys it's a freebie it. so we figure it out and do it yeah <laughs> i'm using it but um thank you for being on the show again Bill. it was really cool thank you so much for having me once again it was great talking to you and we'll push this out it's going to end up on youtube after it, it, it'll stay on my my facebook and then we're going to move it like we did with the with the audio so there'll be a pure audio version like on spotify and apple podcast and all that so you'll get those awesome. and uh your fans will be able to go with that one they want to hit the audio one if you don't we'll if go. they don't want to see me it's fine okay perfect <laughs> awesome um, all right. I don't know why they wouldn't want to see you. I, th I think they would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may be too, uh, I don't know, disturbing yeah. with my facial expression. So. <laughs> I, th I think we have, it was really a good time talking to you. So thank you for being on the show. Again. Always. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.